the short version is uh, I was a mechanical engineer by education. The Lord called me out of that into full-time ministry. Originally, that was on college campus as a college pastor, uh, campus minister. And then I ended up at BGA 15 years ago while I was attending seminary. And uh, what I thought at the time was equipping myself to go plant a church or pastor. Mm. And uh, I was working here as a day job while I was doing seminary and what I said on that. And then in 2011, the leadership here decided, uh, hey, we're going to try the using the internet for gospel proclamation. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my friend Mark Appleton, who is the Vice President of Internet Evangelism at the Billy Graham Evangelical Association. Mark, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Thanks for having me on, Nils. So you have one of the coolest titles uh, that I've ever That's heard of, uh, so, and I've got so many questions. Uh, it, it is a mouthful, uh, but but I think maybe, yeah, I don't, I, where, where to begin with, well, let's maybe start with Billy Graham Evangelical Association. So a lot of people know Billy Graham, um, and Billy Graham Evangelical Association probably encompasses a lot of things. Can you, for those who may, might not be familiar with all that BGEA does, what 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 does Billy Graham Evangelical yeah, sure Association thing. do? Um, so Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is still the same organization founded by Mr. Graham, Billy Graham, uh, back in late 40s, early 50s. And so part of what we do is still uh, the original heart intent of the organization, Proclamation Evangelism. So uh, Mr. Graham's son, Franklin Graham, uh, is an evangelist himself and still does traditional proclamation evangelism events, gathering, mobilizing the church in a community, gather people in stadiums, stand up, preach the gospel clearly, boldly, invite people to respond, and then send people into those churches, into that community. And so that kind of classic evangelistic mission purpose still happening. Uh, and then we do other ministries that are all around the heart of evangelism and sharing the gospel we have a rapid response ministry uh, that uh, shares the hope of the gospel in crisis situations, uh, man-made and natural disasters. They deploy to help people in their community pray with folks and uh, just bring the gospel to bear there. we uh, And then Internet Evangelism is also one of the core ministries of the past 10 years or so here. And it's taking that same idea, uh, but leverage digital tools and technology to proclaim the gospel. So just like uh, Billy Graham would fill stadiums, Franklin Graham fill stadiums, we yeah. use social media, digital strategies to to attain an online audience, share the gospel with them, uh, disciple them, and try to send them off into local communities. So um, yeah. the ministry is still very active all over the globe, and uh, a lot of good things happen. Yeah, I would, and I want to dig in uh, to to those things. T let's. Uh, I think people probably have a the question of how do you become the vice president of internet evangelism? What was your journey into <laughs> into this role? Um, accidentally and by the sovereignty of God. How's that for a simple answer? That's good. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could say I schemed my way into this job, but it wouldn't be true. Um, the short version is. Uh, 
I was a mechanical engineer by education. The Lord called me out of that into full-time ministry. Originally, that was on college campus as a college pastor, uh, campus minister. And then I ended up at BGA 15 years ago while I was attending seminary. And uh, what I thought at the time was equipping myself to go plant a church or pastor. Mm. And uh, I was working here as a day job while I was doing seminary and with eyes set on that. And then in 2011, the leadership here decided, uh, hey, we're going to try using the internet for gospel proclamation. Mm. They pulled together a small team of three people to originally test it out, just see if it was a viable ministry. And uh, yeah. long story short, I was one of those three people. I uh, wasn't the leader of it at the time, but the leader that they assigned to get it going had a conversation with me, asked if I would uh, join the team and, and try to build out a ministry around it and um, prayed about it and decided, well, well, here, I told him I would stay for a year. So, <laughs> okay. Again, there you not go. great career I've heard advice, that story but before. Uh, to say, yeah, I'll take yeah. that job and I'm going to leave in a year. But that's, um, I still thought at that point that this was just something God was doing in the interim until I went yeah. to pastor. And, uh, well, from there, the ministry just took off. Um, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. The early days, where did you start? And so 2011 is when you yeah. guys started doing internet evangelism. Where, wh what was your approach in 2011 to, to internet evangelism? Yeah. So it was, um, pretty traditional, um, heavy Google, Google advertising network strategy. So, uh, okay. Google search display ads, driving to landing pages, um, where okay. there's, and what did you have on those landing pages? Okay. Like a video back then, or was it like a text Mostly driven text. or what, we what did that look like? We actually tested video, um, yeah. and found that we had higher bounce rates. You know, this was back yeah. then. Um, we ditched the videos. We, we made videos cause we thought they would be cool and engaging and yeah. we got more people to engage and actually submit forms and go into our follow process yep. on our pure text pages. So while we had yeah. some, we, uh, we primarily push the text landing pages. Yeah. Okay. So you're running a lot of Google ads to landing pages, text-based landing pages to a form. Yep. And then you basically had follow-up systems and that was internet evangelism 1.0. Yep. yep. And uh, we, uh, we had a chat feature layered on there, which we still have. Uh, so there was a little bit of live engagement available on the page okay. uh, right from the beginning, but Basically, that was live, yeah. live chat or submit an email were the two main options. And then we Very also good. had an online discipleship course they could sign up for after that part okay. of the sequence where they would be mentored by yeah. a volunteer as well. So That's awesome. And that discipleship course, was that via email or was that like in a like a it LMS? Was an LMS. What, it was, was in a Moodle in environment, okay. a customized Moodle environment Moodle, yeah. uh, that was built by another group that we knew in Europe that... Uh, uh, we were partnering with them and using the technology. So, yeah. Yeah. Very good. I don't know if Moodle is still a thing, but I remember my, I went to seminary online at Rockbridge seminary, probably about 2010. Um, and we, it was all in Moodle and I, I learned a little bit, you know, uh, back then about that was kind of the, the kind of OG LMS. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a fascinating progression. So what was 2.0? Where, where did, progression as things as you began to see traction there with the google search to landing pages where where did you go from there 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest shift uh, was probably it was the social media element that um, I would say probably 2018 is when we started, um, which probably a little late to the game. We were we were in social media and we had uh, a piece with God, which is our kind of evangelistic um, brand or evangelistic websites. We had a piece with God Facebook page, but we weren't actively managing it. We linked people to it, um, posted content. It, it wasn't an intentional social media strategy. Um, yeah. But we started uh, exploring that really in 2018. As we brought on our new Arabic ministry, we shifted and developed that ministry completely focused on a social media strategy first. Um, we put up a website, had some landing pages, but that was not our main strategy. And as that developed in Arabic and we got some experience with that, we started applying those learnings back across some of our other languages. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So kind of kept expanding to social, expanding languages. What uh, today, uh, when it comes to what what you do and what your team uh, is doing, what what is what does internet evangelism look like in, in 2023? Yeah. Um, well, there's some core things that are still pretty much the same that we haven't changed. And that's, uh, we have a, a huge volunteer base that's a part of this ministry. And so we haven't moved on from that. That's still a core part of our ministry. Uh, there's about 1600 of them now. Um, and so still, what, regardless of the tools we're using, we're trying to engage people in conversation with our volunteers to have person person interaction. Um, but yeah. as far as that outward funnel. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much more social media dominant now, Facebook ads primarily. Um, we still do the Google search and display, but, uh, yeah. probably the, the biggest focus is through Facebook, just with its flexibility. We do run Instagram ads, some TikTok, uh, in different contexts where we, our, our number one communication channels right now that those volunteers are talking to people through are uh, WhatsApp, number one, Facebook mes Messenger, mm -hmm. number two. And then in some contexts, we're having a very low volume levels of conversations. We've tried some things in Telegram and, and even Twitter, uh, Instagram, I, uh, yeah, Instagram messaging. Um, and then in some other contexts, we'll probably be exploring some other tools that are more kind of local specific, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and so, Hey guys, it's Neil Smith and I'm interrupting this episode to highlight one of our sponsors. And this sponsors is one of the companies that I recently acquired and it's a company called church press. And I was blown away uh, when I found out about church press and it is the most SEO optimized search engine optimization, optimized website platform for churches. And it is one price and it covers everything you need uh, to, to have a great website presence to design, set up a beautiful website that works great. Uh, but, but I think most importantly, it's found by Google so that people can find your church. And so if you want to upgrade your website or build a new website, we would love to help. Go to churchpress.co and you get more information and learn more. Uh, we also have a free SEO audit uh, that you can get uh, right there on the website of your website. So if you want to see how optimized your website is, just go to churchpress.co and you don't have to sign up for anything. It's totally free. And we would love to help you build a better website that is found by Google. Let's get back to the episode. 
uh, the the fun conversation that I like to get to is where 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 is this going? What do you as you look on the horizon of where what you've learned over the last decade, you know, plus now in internet evangelism, and as you look to kind of the progression of technology with AI, yeah. maybe most significantly right now, or even metaverse, what uh, what 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 are you looking to, and what do you maybe see as some of the next horizon opportunities? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean. There's already, I mean, there's a lot of ministries already using AI to triage messages, to kind of filter through those who are uh, responding online and passing um, contacts off to their volunteers or responders. Um, that's a that's not even futuristic, right? Some folks have been doing that for a few years. Uh, we're evaluating some of that ourselves. Um, I, the metaverse thing, I'm trying to so. So we are exploring that. We've we have some headsets. We're, we've kind of thought through what is mobilizing evangelism in this context look like. And in, in our context, we try to think global, large scale. Like, how could we mobilize yeah. people to do this in a large scale? Yeah. Not just say, "Hey, Tommy, put on your headset and go share the gospel." Could we equip yeah. and train and deploy people in that? Um, and I do think. Uh, immersive experiences are coming it's just i've gone back and forth on the timeline i felt like it was coming yep. more quickly and then um i don't know that we're going to get to like ubiquitous state in the near near future i think there's just like a yep. two uh, there's too many hurdles for like mass scale adoption of that what that kind of looks yep. like but there'll certainly be uh, a need for that regardless of whether mainstream everybody buys yep. into i mean you have gaming yep. communities you have um you have whole communities of people who that is their reality and existence and you're not right. going to reach them unless you <laughs> uh enter their right. world so i think it's necessary um whether it's going to encapsulate everything uh i'm still hesitant to say that yeah I mean, some people are like all in yeah, everybody's going to be in the metaverse in the next five years, yep. whatever. I, I'm not yep. quite there. But. I'm I'm yeah. not either. I'm not either. <laughs> but uh, it 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 is a new a new ground to take, though, uh, for sure. But probably not for everyone either. Um, what it, you you have a unique um, you know just position of of you you are in this you you basically forefront of digital evangelism and pioneering spaces that basically nobody has ever gone to before. Uh, but you also have, you know, you're bivocational as a local pastor too. Uh, and in your local church ministry, in what you know and have learned about digital marketing and digital evangelism and in the seat of being a pastor and how that those tools then transfer to your local church, what do, what are you, what do you see maybe for church leaders that they're missing? Um, and, and maybe even where do you push your local church to like, we need to be doing more of this to better reach our community through these digital tools. Yeah. That's a great question. I think about this a lot and I, to be honest, I have tension with this question because as yeah. a pastor, um, there's things about these mediums that I think are, can be unhealthy. I shouldn't say they are in and of themselves. Yeah. Uh, I see scripture even back in a day thousands of years ago when we didn't have all of these things pulling at us still scripture saying slow down slow to speak slow, slow to yeah. anger be present with people 
um, give people your lives. Like there's this impulse, uh, there's this push to uh, dwell with God, let God dwell with you, dwell with people and minister out of that. Yeah. That takes a slowness. It takes an awareness and a stillness that social media and our technology age uh, pushes completely against in the other direction. Yeah. So and this isn't directly answering your question yet, but I'm just sharing like the tension. I That's feel good. as a pastor, I want people to hear that and, yeah. and, and kind of check themselves, uh, in that way, as far as their own spiritual growth. But then the reality yes. is this is our, so this is our context. This is where God's allowed the world to go. And, um, yeah. and if we are not communicating with people in this space, we are more and more not communicating with our people. Um, and yes. so, because it is, these things aren't just tools anymore, right? They're not just something we yeah. play with, or we go use once in a while. They are integrated in society. It's the way people yes. relate. It's the way people um, engage with life. It's the way they look up what they're interested in. It's the way they check out things that they're cautious yeah. about. And so um, if you are ignoring those tools, then increasingly are disconnected with the people that you're called to pastor um, and, and reach. So, um, I know I kind of talked to two sides of that equation because I think pastors, some yeah. pastors might be leaning towards the stuff I mentioned at the beginning, like these things are dangerous yeah. or they, they push against what God wants for us. Um, and I would just say the tools themselves, yes, they, they offer temptations that fight good godly yes. um, uh, impulses or desires what God wants for us, but the tools themselves don't make make us who we are yes um yes so um push people towards godliness but don't ignore the the factors that uh that are contributing to how our society is functioning or else you're going to lose yeah. your voice uh in the yes. community that you're called to lead so oh that is so good i i think i think people would expect somebody in your shoes to just say just get over your, you know, you know, your concerns and press in uh, to, to these technologies. And I think you being on the forefront of it, understanding so much of it is to express those cautions and to understand the tension uh, that, that I think pastors have to navigate uh, is, is important. Uh, and so I appreciate you, you speaking into that tension. And I think it's important too. you're, you're being in, you know, that local church context and having this kind of global church uh, movement that you're driving and leading uh, that that is so significant and, and fascinating. How may, maybe speaking to another tension in what you and I kind of both do in a lot of this di digital evangelism work uh, that, that we do, or, or I'll tell you my biggest tension, uh, oh, I say tension, my biggest problem uh, is I get shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And so I see metaverse and I want to chase it. I see AI and I want to chase it. Uh, I see a new social, I see threads, I see whatever it might be. And I want to pursue all the new things. And when you do that, you end up just being way over distributed, you know, inefficient, you lack focus. How have you prioritized innovation while also navigating, just preventing yourself from having shiny object syndrome and chasing every new technology shiny object. Yeah, no, it's 
absolutely attention. So uh, two different things come to mind. So one early on 10 years ago, there's a guy on our team that really pushed us um, uh, with the, uh, this acronym POST. It's not unique to us. You might have heard it, People Objectives Strategy Tool. So, and you have to get the order right. Uh, everybody jumps to the tool. Mm -hmm. I want to use the shiny object. I want to use the cool new yes. technology. But that's actually last in this progression. People mm -hmm. first. Who are you trying to reach? Who are you called to reach? Objective, what yes. are you trying to accomplish? What do you want them to do? So then what strategies will you deploy to try to get them to do that or to help them do that? Okay, now what technology do we need uh, to make that happen? Um, and so that's yes. been something that's been a framework for how we evaluate things to try to keep us okay, yeah, this is great, but <laughs> who are we trying to reach? What are we trying to do? Does this fit? And different ministries have different answers to that question, right? Um, yeah. Our scale is pretty broad. We're like a, we're kind of thin and wide. And so we have to think about things that would have a broad reach, not necessarily just a niche um, audience. And yeah. uh, other ministries go deep in a local community. And, and so maybe a niche product that's being adopted in that particular area is what they should get into um, where it wouldn't be appropriate for me. So that's, that's kind of one side of it. And then on a practical side, I don't want to not be considering innovation. So what I, one thing I've done on, on my team is I created an innovation team that's pulled people from across my group who have work in different parts of it. And uh, once a month we get together um, we evaluate new ideas. They do kind of special side projects that really don't fit into our main ministry flow or strategy and just testing out ideas. Um, it gives people a creative outlet. And then it also, it's kind of a feeder of things that we might be able to do in the future. Um, so that's kind of a practical way that I've approached that. Yeah. Uh, Cause I work in a pretty conservative, slow moving ministry and that's okay. That's who we are we still have to have an outlet for innovating and, and giving the team an outlet to think through those things themselves. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's, uh, I, I, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's an important process to work through. I think that what that post, uh, you know, a strategy is, is something I think every church, uh, or organization, I think for that matter needs yeah. to needs needs to navigate through and, and work through, with with your priorities and and how to where to shift and how to how to adapt to to new things, Mark. I'm curious in in your years of doing and I'm sure you have thousands of stories, but is there is there one story that that maybe first comes to mind of this is why we do what we do. Uh, this is the fruit of the effort because I think in some ways and and when you do internet evangelism, you get caught up in. Uh, and I say caught up in, but the important data points of like we reached a thousand people and 12 gospel presentations of this, but is there maybe even a life change story? You're like, this, this is why we do what we do that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, four or five do. So I'll, I'll try. <laughs> okay. Maybe pick a, pick a couple. Uh, I'd love to hear, yeah, hear um, some. Let me do. Yeah. Let me share two for two different reasons. So, uh, yeah, one was this woman, Marianne, I've 
told the story recently several times just because I love the picture of it. Um, she's a bus driver out in California and she's sitting on her bus uh, and waiting for the kids to be dismissed from school. So she's sitting in an empty bus. Think about that picture. And she had been considering her spiritual state a lot lately it had been on her mind. And, and there she was sitting in the bus waiting for the kids to come out, kind of like that calm before the storm. You know, you picture the yeah. quiet bus and it's about yeah. to be exploded with kids and noise. And, and she was considering her eternity right then. And yeah. she gets on her phone, ends up on our Peace With God website, chats with one of our people, talks to them. She had been exploring some things, so this wasn't her first exposure to the gospel. And right there, God drew her heart to full faith, and she accepted Christ in the chat. And what I love about that is it, it shows the power and the accessibility of Internet evangelism, social media as mm. a ministry tool, because we all have these moments where God's pulling at us that are not necessarily convenient for office hours at a church or when... <laughs> your, your yeah. best friends available to talk. Um, but in those moments now, you know, everybody has this in their hand and it's an outlet yep. to communicate. And um, someone was there to answer her question about the gospel in the, yeah. in the time uh, of the need. So just a, a simple but powerful story to me that happens yeah. by the thousands in our ministry. And, uh, but that's illustrative yeah. of it. The other one really quick is just so much is happening in the Middle East and in places where uh, Franklin Graham cannot go preach in, in person or most preachers can't. Uh, and so yeah. uh, we recently had someone who trains imams in uh, a Muslim school there, very high uh, religious official who has come on our website, our Arabic ministry has a, professed faith in Jesus and kind of were quietly talking to them about that and uh, going to be pretty vague about that situation. But um, yeah, this person had begun to question things in their society. And, and this is a person who is training the religious leaders who are, who are leading some pretty fanatical people, very influential. And, yeah. And what outlet does that person have to actually explore Christianity when they have questions? None. Right. <laughs> Uh, or else right. be killed. And, um, and that gentleman has been co conversing with us for three or four months um, and has expressed a faith in Jesus and is still talking about that. So um, two, I guess, two stories that illustrate different aspects of why the ministry is so yeah. powerful and why we do it. Um, I tell people all the time, because you know this stuff, you can throw out stats galore with digital ministry and it's like, man, we can miss the big picture with that. At the end of the day, if people's yes. lives aren't being transformed, if the Mary Ellen's, Mary Ann's aren't suddenly a, a new, <laughs> a new creation birthed through Jesus walking with the Lord forever, yeah. um, then we're just wasting our time. That's, that's why we're doing all of this. So. Yeah, that's so good. I th I think it's such a good reminder of why we do what we do and and sometimes connecting the dots of what those numbers often represent that we forget that they're representing and the the 
um, just, just the importance. I, I was just having a, a conversation with somebody that was connected to Life Church in Oklahoma, and they were talking about how their father accepted Christ uh, through Church Online there and how, you know, just meaningful Church Online is still to her because of the life change she tangibly saw in her dad who would have never gone to a physical yeah. church. And, uh, but you never know those unique situations and, and moments and, and until you, you know, kind of really have that interaction with, with the individual. And it's, it's awesome, uh, to hear and see Mark. I'm so grateful for the unique work that you're pioneering and innovating any other maybe thoughts and insights to church leaders that you would just encourage them when it comes to digital ministry and what the opportunities are, potential is, uh, as as they lean into technology to to further their ministry goals. Yeah, I mean, I think I, in general, as you asked that, two different groups come to mind with different needs. Right, you probably have the pastors that are already in the weeds or love; they have every new digital device that has come out. They're looking for a reason to play with yes. it in their ministry. Um, yep. And I, so to them, I would just say, yeah, go for it, but maybe lean, be, be reminded of some of those things we talked about, um, like yeah, people, objective strategies, tools that you're going to, yeah. you're going to confuse people or just wear them out if, if everything's always changing and everything's always new. So uh, maybe put some people in your life that can kind of help you focus your energies there. Yeah. And the other group I'm thinking is those that this is all pretty intimidating. They got into ministry to love people yeah. and yeah. And uh, man, I don't want to learn social media. I don't want to use technology. I just want to preach the word and share the gospel. And uh, I would say, don't let it intimidate you in the sense it doesn't have to be complicated um, choose something. Yes. Uh, yes. Pick, pick one tool, uh, that you know that your people are involved in that use regularly and just start simple and small. Uh, yep. don't, don't let the bigness of it all and the comp, the potential complication of it all keep you from, uh, stepping out and, and trying to serve them in this way. Cause really, in a one way to look at it is we're called to serve people as pastors and uh, learning some of these new things is a way that we should be trying to serve people because it's, it's their norm. It's what they live and work in. And so uh, we're not serving them. If we just say, I'm not going to put in the energy to figure any of that out. Uh, you just need to yep. adapt to me. <laughs> uh, no, yes. we need to learn to adapt to communicate to them. Yeah. 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 That's, that's so good. That's so good. Uh, I, I, I want to just challenge everyone that's listening to this is just write out that post strategy and, and just be, go back to who is it that God's calling you to reach. And, uh, and, and then, and then I think then work through it uh, from there. But, but I, Boy, I I am so convicted because I am the technology guy that wants to just jump right to the technology tool, um, and and find an excuse to uh, align a, a ministry purpose. That's just wrong. 
Uh, that's that's never uh, the right and best approach. And so I love uh, that challenge, Mark. Mark, thanks so much uh, for taking the time to be on here. If people are interested in Billy Graham Evangelical Association, maybe even volunteering or partnering at all with BGEA, where, where should they go? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Nils. Well, for the Internet Evangelism Ministry, searchforjesus.net. It's searchforjesus, all written together, .net is kind of the front door for our volunteering and being a part of internet ministry. Uh, if you're interested in just the broader work of BGA, it's billygram.org. Um, you can see all that's going on there. Awesome. Well, we, we will leave those uh, links in the show notes at socialmedia.church. Uh, so make sure you go and check those out. Uh, and Mark, we appreciate your time and appreciate everyone listening. We will talk to you again on the next episode. Great. Thanks. Thanks.